What's that unusual stain? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. And this is Unsane Radio. Oh, yes. Welcome, welcome to our very first episode. This is Ot Ot One. <laughs> and yeah, we're the scope of the show is just, uh, we're gonna dabble in everything that's. Hey, Tar. What? What's the scope of the show? The scope. It's like night scope. It's really cool looking too. See all Bigfoot stuff. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yes, I did. And I read that right from the script. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes, the scope of our show. What is that? What does that mean? What does that mean to you, Tar? Well, we're, we're going to be talking about movies. We're going to be talking about comic books. We're going to be talking about just general monster kid stuff. You know, stuff that kind of got you into this. What? Go ahead. What? Go no, ahead. No, go I ahead. I thought that was good. I was yeah. just getting into it, man. I could tell by your grimace. <laughs> I wasn't grimacing. Was I grimacing, Gadfly? You were pinching one off. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, we're going to talk about B-movies, primarily. Well, not, but not always. We are big fans of B-movies. We can't deny that. We are Tarn Feather of Psycho Cinema. You know, we have our own web show, which is called Tarn Feather's Psycho Cinema. Yeah, there is that website, yeah. <laughs> tarandfeather.com chock full of information about B-movies chock full but in the meantime while you're listening to Unsane Radio we're just going to be talking about maybe comic books at some time uh, regular books general weird stuff just generally weird stuff that we think might be kind of interesting and we're hoping you tag along if you do good if you don't it's all good Yeah, I think you should let us know about uh, how you guys got into this whole thing. You tar and feather. Where does that come from? Yeah, love a bad B movie. See, I, it all comes back right around to that. I owned a bookstore slash comic bookstore slash gaming store in Bowling Green, Ohio. Um, started in uh, 1989, and I met Sean when he came into the store one day. Happened by. Just happened by. We were next to the uh, local yes. Chinese restaurant. That's why everybody knew about us. And, uh, yeah, he had a copy of uh, Psychotronic Movies. Uh, Psychotronic Psych- Magazine, yeah. Magazine yes. sitting on the shelf, and uh, I picked up a copy of that. And uh, at the time, there was oh, there was such weird comics at the time. Yeah, I was a lot of first stuff that I was into that was just starting to kind of fade out by then. But yeah, uh, yeah like like American Flag, those those uh, Grill Milk, Jack, Milk and Cheese. <laughs> yeah, well, that's getting into a whole another <laughs> area of comicdom there. <laughs> Milk and Cheese, love them. But anyway, we kind of found ourselves on the same page in a lot of uh, areas. Just, not only not just comics, but we started talking about and, movies. And it was at a time when. VHS was uh, just trying to fill their stores so they would get the weirdest movies. And we were out there looking for whatever we could find that wasn't mainstream. 
You know, we saw the mainstream stuff, and we'll talk about the mainstream stuff, but we're also Kinda. going to talk a lot about the stuff that is not so mainstream. Anyway, we decided to share our uh, wealth of bizarre knowledge upon whoever wanted to see this stuff in the back of the store one night. and uh, Well, and the other common bond was we both were extremely huge horror host fans. And that gets us into the whole realm of horror hosting, which we will touch upon extensively at times. Other times we won't at all. But uh, you're going to hear about a lot of horror hosts on this show. <laughs> anyway, so that we, were, we had a big love of horror hosts horror that we hosts, shared. Yes. And I guess we kind of wanted, being the hams what we were, wanted to stand up in front of me and just tell people about this stuff. And there were a few diehards that actually went to these things. And uh, Well, we started out showing, we would have movie marathon Saturday. Start at noon on Saturday and end at midnight Saturday night. And we would show movies in this back room of the comic book store. We had this huge back room. So we, we put a bunch of chairs back there. We had a TV set back there, <laughs> the VHS player. And we even did some mixing. This was the first, our really first attempt at doing anything. We did a little bit of mixing here and there. But it was definitely riff tracks all the way when we when the movies got going. Yeah. And we were showing some movies that a lot of these people had never seen before. <laughs> some I think we'd never seen before. Oh, yeah. So True. some pretty bizarre movies. Yes. And uh, yeah, all in all, it was fun. <laughs> it was kind of thought we could do it a little more. And uh, so uh, we, uh, we uh, kind of got together, talked about it, and uh, we kind of say, hey. Let's try, uh, let's try our hand at horror hosting. Yeah, so we, we talked about it a little bit and thought, how would we do this? You know, this was at, um, in the days of early digital uh, cameras, and so you know we were and and um, yeah the the analog you know uh, our our blue screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we were doing blue screen, green screen, uh, all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, that that's that's down the road. We decided that we were going to form this this. Uh, horror host team so what were we going to call this horror host team we batted around batted around then one day i don't even know how it came about sean uh dr tar sean <laughs> dr tar came in and what said insane. said what do you think about tar and feather and i went yeah jolly good idea jolly good idea <laughs> i thought it was brilliant and, and tar and feather was born and then we made up our persona and our, our, our Poe link, our, our link to all things Poe, which you would know if you went to our website. Uh, or no, if not go to our website, go out and find a copy of the story by Edgar Allan Poe called The System of Dr. Tar and Professor Feather. It's free. It's in the public domain. You can download it. You can read it in an hour. It's beautiful writing, and it's a warped-ass story. So check it out. <laughs> Anyway, but that's how we got started. I think our official debut was in 2004, um, and that was at uh, Cinema Wasteland in Strongsville, right outside of Cleveland. Yes. Shout out to Ken Kish and all the people that we meet there and hang out with at uh, Cinema Wasteland. And sorry for the VHS tapes laying around the hotel that night, so... (laughs) So let's uh, let's move on to the next segment, which is uh, the horror host that influenced you. I mean, we... We we were we've been talking about a number of those. I'm sorry, we've been talking about a number of those different horror hosts, uh, and those you know like Sean, 
What was the the horror host when you were younger that really influenced you? Oh, that that would have to be uh, Sir Graves Gasly. All right, we have a little bit of uh, Sir Graves Gasly right here. Draw the drapes, cuddle up in your favorite spot by the telly, and glue your little eyes to your TV screen for today's tale of terror. Ah, that was so cool. (laughs) Oh, we're going to be talking about Sir Graves Ghastly in the second episode, actually. He's going to be our uh, horror host spotlight in number two. So there's a little taste of some Sir Graves Ghastly. But anyway, (laughs) Sir Graves was Dr. Tarr's first. Oh, my very first horror host. Uh, Yeah, I discovered him one afternoon and, yep, been hooked ever since. Uh, Professor Feather, who was your first horror host? My first horror host was a guy out of Indianapolis, Indiana, WISH Channel 8. He was called Selwyn, and he was a vampire type. A little chubby for a vampire, but he was a vampire. <laughs> he was. He was kind of chubby. The lawn, um, had a really the nice hat. Chaney vampire. Yeah, yeah, had a really nice hat. Um, and, a, you know, the typical set that you see. Um, and he introduced, he always had a double feature because that was when I was watching these movies, this was at the time of the creature feature releases, all of the universal pictures were released. So I was privy to seeing all them when they first came onto TV and Selwyn showed those movies at 1130 on a Friday night and two, two movies, always two movies. But anyway, he was my very first jungle movies. Well, later on, he started, and that's, that's a good one, because later on, when he was running out of movies, he started showing all the Jungle movies. Yeah. And so in between the two movies, when he came back for the second movie, he would be dressed, he would look like, oh, he would look like a vampire, but he would have a pith helmet on, and there would be a potted palm, and he'd be sitting in a fan back chair. <laughs> didn't, uh, I don't, but anyway, I'll correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Sir Graves do that with something? No, he, I'm just asking. He might I'm have. Just, he might I, have. I've just uh, uh, pivot, but that is really funny, though. Yeah, I, through all this stuff. But anyway, he was my first. Who was your first gadfly? That would be uh, Sir Graves Gasly. Yes, and then I would say, like, close second would be the ghoul. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just living in Ohio at that time, you were privy to, like, it was the ghoul. You had the ghoul. You had uh, Sir Graves. You had Houlihan and Big Chuck, uh, Superhost, if you were lucky enough. And then Cable came along. Literally, all that was just on the airways if you had your antenna pointed the right way. <laughs> yeah, I was fortunate enough uh, about my third or fourth host, or a third would be Goulardi. Oh, that's cool. I got to watch the Goulardi show on Friday nights. I uh, lived out on a farm in the middle of Northwest Ohio. <laughs> and I had a, an old windmill that was Ivy covered. And at the top of this windmill was a rotating antenna. And I could rotate that, rotate that antenna to get Cleveland extremely well on a, especially on a good day or night, or I could rotate it the other way and get Detroit perfectly clear if it was a nice day. So I got to watch through Graves ghastly, um, early on. I, I mean, I was when he first started in nineteen sixty seven. I watched. I wish I could I have seen Goulardi, though. But, and the ghoul, the ghoul, and, uh, yeah. Gadfly and I, you know, 
we're we're kind of on the same page there because <laughs> there's a there's a tie there. But anyway, that, so there's our first couple. Yeah, my second one was I moved to Florida. My second one was M.T. Graves out of Miami. Um, I watched him briefly for like a summer before I moved back to uh, Indiana. You had another one. What well, the one that kind of intrigues me? I wish I could have seen uh, Morgus. Oh yes, I saw Morgus out of out of uh, Detroit. He was I, I think only on for one season, maybe two. Yeah, but I think know, it was only one. Did you know he did a movie? Yes. Oh, yes. But I saw him. I, could, I was privy to seeing Morgus. I think we should hunt that down and see if we can get that. Yeah, that's that'd be, you can get it from his website. What was the movie called? I can't um, remember. The Wacky, wacky World of, of Dr. Morgus. Something like something that. Something like that. It, it was, yeah. 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 I remember seeing it, but I've never seen the movie. It would be a good one to watch. That'd be a good one if we could get a hold of that watch and we'll review it. <laughs> so anyway, there we go. That's... uh. Yeah. Kind of where we're standing right now. So what's next on the agenda here? How about we talk about, uh, let's do the actor's spotlight. <laughs> uh, who we got going for us today? Uh, we're uh, John Agar. Oh, John Agar. Shirley Temple's beau. <laughs> and a staple of B-horror movies and sci-fi movies. This is true. And he really was married to uh, Shirley Temple for a short time. He got married to her in 1945. That kind of started his career, actually. And weren't they divorced like five years later? Uh, a couple years. <laughs> I don't even think it was five. But anyway, yeah. John Edgar appeared in about 96 films. His first one was Ford Apache, which uh, was uh, John Wayne, Henry Fonda, and Shirley Temple. <laughs> yes. Directed by the legendary John Ford. He had a pretty small role in that film, but he was in it nonetheless. He was also in She Wore a Yellow Ribbon in 49. Uh, that's that's another John Wayne, John Ford Western. Yeah, he kind of drifted from, you know, major productions to B-movie. I mean, the guy kept working all the time. It was just, well, you're right. He transitioned into the B-movie thing pretty good. Well, yeah. and He was in Rocket Man in 1954. Yeah, uh, and just a slew, literally a slew of just B-movie classics. Oh, yeah. Revenge <laughs> of the Creature. Yeah. Tarantula. One, one of my favorites, though. One of my favorites, though, is it? Invisible Invaders. Invisible Invaders. That's a great one. Oh, yeah. The Daughter of Dr. Jekyll. That was, what, 57? Yeah, he made a bunch of them in the 50s. A Brain from Planet Arus. Oh, <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Uh, yeah. He, he, I have, wait a minute here. I have a quote about that from John Agar. <laughs> here, oh, uh, let's see. Chance. Where is it? Uh, oh, yeah. This is on the floating brain from the brain from Planet Arus. I thought it was terrible. Just awful. They really could have done a heck of a better job than that. It looked like a balloon with a face painted on it. And that's probably what it was, too. <laughs> but Come on, that's good. But did you know that it was Jack Pierce? I think that was what, like, like one of his last movies. That yeah, well, too bad for Jack Pierce because that wasn't very good. Yeah, I'll paint this balloon and look good. <laughs> <laughs> but Agar was in like uh, Journey to the Seventh Planet. Oh, yeah. Oh, Hand of so Death. Was that Swedish? Yeah, that was that's Swedish. Hand of Death. To Uranus, too. We were just talking about Swedish. we were just talking about Hand of Death. Oh, Hand of Death. Have you? All right. I not too many people have seen Hand of Death. From that not that's not true now. But no, a lot of people have seen. It. Looked, Made in 1962. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's kind of independent. But anyway, he looks just like Ben Grimm from the 60s from Fantastic Four. He does. It's he, yeah. awesome. It's beautiful. It's that's beautiful makeup. Th- that's what I thought. When I was it could have been. He could have been. Yeah. Yes, I agree. But it's pretty goofy, though, too. Oh, another great one he was in was uh, Zontar, Thing from Venus. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> oh. oh, he was in a oh, bunch yeah. of them. That's the remake of It Conquered the World. Wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of a remake of it. That's oh, true. it was a That's remake. True. But anyway, you know, John Agar, he was he was just an actor. Did a lot of TV, too. He was just Lots worked. Of TV. And here's another quote. We can end on this quote, maybe. Well, I got two quotes. Here's one. He says, I don't resent being identified with B science fiction movies at all. Why should I? Even though they were not considered top of the line, for those people that like sci-fi, I guess, they were fun. My whole feeling about working as an actor is if I give anybody any enjoyment, I'm doing my job, and that's what counts. Now, come on. That's a pretty that's a pretty good outlook. Amen. And then he's also... A master thespian. Now, I'll end with this quote. This is about his former wife, Shirley Temple, who you all know. She was an icon. And his this is his quote. Who wants to shake the hand of the first man to put it to America's sweetheart? Ooh. <laughs> Yikes. I got that one. <laughs> Apparently, she didn't like the good ship lollipop. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anyway, so that's John Agar. Go out and, and watch a bunch of his movies and you'll, you'll be... Oh, you can't help but watch yeah, you'll, movies. You'll, you'll have a good time. Okay, hey, I think that brings us to uh, the briefcase, the cruise movie picks of the week. Oh, yeah. These are just kind of movies that we thought, yeah, you should go out and watch, experience. (laughs) These are just picks. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with Gadfly hasn't been talking very much. Let's start with him. What's your pick of the week, Gadfly? Gadfly doesn't have his notes up. Say what? Gadfly doesn't have his notes up. I have the wrong one up. Sorry. Somebody else go. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll Board go. man I'll, I'll extraordinaire. Go. I'll go. I this is such a classic, and he, he, I'm pretty sure everybody's seen. It, but Forbidden Planet, Forbidden Planet to me, it's kind of like the Wizard of Oz, I guess, for me. It even as that, it was just that movie kind of altered how I thought. I, I it just it was beautiful. <laughs> Imagine yourself as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir, we're being radar scanned. United Planets Cruiser C-57D, J.J. Adams commanding. Who are you? Morbius of the Bellerophon. Dr. Morbius, my orders are to survey the situation on Altair IV. Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr. Morbius, played by Walter Pigeon. The Doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, Played by talented Leslie Nielsen. It was made in 1956, and MGM had Leslie Nielsen, Walter Pigeon, and uh, what's her name? Anne Francis. Yeah, that's it. I had a big, big crush on Anne Francis back in the day. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. She always had that. Boner City. I'm not kidding, man. It was... (laughs) 
It was it was bad every time she, she was in that, some she, she was in some pretty good her, movies to, to give that thing to give face. a young boy a boner. I'm telling you, she had, she had that thing on her face. That, that bugged me. I hate it. I wasn't me. looking at the thing on her I face. Know. It still bugged me though. But it, that's a good movie though. Wait, whose thing was on her face? She had a mole or whatever. The From the mole people. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anne Francis, look it up. She was a beauty. Look it up. A beauty mark. She was beauty, though. Was man. Beauty. Oh, 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 she was hot. I had yeah. a hot sport. I'm not kidding. Especially in, uh, it was kind of funny in Forbidden Planet Sooner. They gave yes, her, she, her wardrobe. Oh, yeah. It was good. Uh, now, I liked I, I liked her in that. Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I didn't like about Forbidden Planet was the monster. I thought it looked like too much like a cartoon. It, but it, it did. But, but when, when I, I watched it, when it first came out, when, I went to the movies and saw it. I was a little kid, it. though. I loved that. Yeah, that I was, did, too. I did, too. And that was... I, me, and and Robbie defined. Robbie was the define, tits. Robbie was the tits. Admit it. Robbie was the tits at the had, time. Man. If it had tits. Well, <laughs> probably did. He Somewhere. was titular. He was titular. That's what I meant by the tits. Come on, man. Get up on your lingo. <laughs> anyway, it is a good movie. It is a really good movie. But it, it and, just, and the 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 age that I saw it and when I saw it, it was perfect. My pick. Of this week is Journey to the Center of the of <laughs> Journey to the Center of Earth. the Earth. Journey to the Center of the Earth, the original, made 1959. Um, James Mason, Pat Boone, and Arlene Dahl. Don't think uh, but it must be true. A man took some tools and went where no human being had ever set foot, alone. Went into the interior of the Earth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is James Mason. Come along with Pat Boone and me. Arlene Dahl, Diane Baker, and Gertrude the Duck, and discover sights and sounds and wonders no living man has ever witnessed before, filmed in the incomparable magic of CinemaScope. We'll take our leave of civilization on the bleak, barren wastes of Iceland, peer in awe at the bottomless crater of an uncharted volcano, make the perilous descent into the unknown. You'll pioneer with us through countless miles of trackless labyrinths, Discover huge subterranean caverns never beheld by human eye. Become lost in the weird underground maze. You'll find yourself engulfed in grotesque, petrified jungles. Marvel at the fantastically beautiful quartz grotto. Tumble into cascading salt beds. I watched this movie in 1959 when it came out. I was nine years old, and I went to the Rivoli Theater in Muncie, Indiana. And the Rivoli was an old theater, very ornate, very beautiful theater. And I went there and saw this movie in CinemaScope. Threw shit off the balconies. No, no, not through this movie. (laughs) Not through this movie. We sat there glued to the screen on this movie. We loved this movie. This movie played for a week at the Rivoli, and I saw it five days out of the seven. Me and two uh, two of my friends. Oh, really? Yes, we went and saw that movie. Saw this movie five times. So this is kind of like because your, your Star Wars. Yeah, we yes, it kind of like the, our Star Wars. <laughs> it was either this or One Hundred and One Dalmatians. Um, <laughs> but you're right, and we went back and saw it. We could we could recite it almost line from line. It's a very beautifully do your James Mason. Uh, my James Mason. A very. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's my, <laughs> that's, that's that's, my like, balls. Nothing says James Mason like Sean Connery. <laughs> okay. But anyway, that, that's my pick. Um, go out and see it. It's on Prime uh, if you want to see it for like, you have to rent it because it is a classy movie. 
<laughs> you have to rent it for two ninety nine though, so it's a deal. That's Journey to the Center of the Earth. Very, very I'm still good movie. To talk and you even get to hear Pat Boone sing a song. <laughs> That's when you go out and get something from the kitchen. <laughs> Gadfly. Okay, my notes are up finally. I'm not uh, fiddling with the board. So we now have the pick that I have, which is Robinson Crusoe on Mars. You will experience all the heart-pounding suspense of this first two-man space probe traveling more than 71 million astro miles toward Mars. Here are all the unexpected terrors of outer space. Unidentified flying mass, dead ahead. Collision course, fire main retros. Firing main retros. Mars gravity's taking over, pulling us down. Prepare to eject. Emergency procedure. Blast off when you're ready. The scorching surface of the fire swamp that is Mars. A world no man has ever seen, and now one man must explore alone. Temporary home is found. How long can a man stay alive? And honestly, I didn't give a shit about this movie until uh, Adam West came on, and I thought, it's motherfucking Batman. (laughs) (laughs) But he died, like, right at the beginning, though, didn't he? He Look, let's not spoil things. I'm just trying to recommend this movie, all right? So... This this is a movie that has a lot of monkey trivia, and this is what I really like, all right? So there was a monkey in the movie. Uh, There was a stunt monkey. The stunt monkey wasn't living. It was wired to the stunt man's back while they climbed all over the mountains of, uh, you know, Death Valley. Um, We also had... um, Stunt monkey prop. Yeah. But you know what happened when that stunt monkey prop acted bad? They had to spank the monkey. Well, that monkey, the monkey was supposed to be... Was so spanked. It was supposed to be a woman, but it was a boy monkey. So they had to give him a loincloth (laughs) to hide his monkey junk. (laughs) So it's great because there's a scene where these people are all like, uh, they're being enslaved by these Martians. And these Martians, you know, put these collars on the guys. And they, whenever they act out, the Martians, like, you know, mess with them. So the guys, the actors start acting like, oh, I'm in pain. Well, the monkey sees this and goes, I'm going to act like I'm in pain, too. So they didn't even train the monkey to do this. The monkey just went, oh, monkey see, monkey do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Some of the good trivia about this is that uh, from War of the Worlds, uh, there's a lot of stuff. uh, All of the spaceships that you see in the background, those are from War, leftover from War of the Worlds. Oh, yes. Um, And then there was... uh, you know, there's some other stuff. Was what was the Destination Moon, uh, the spacesuits that they used from <laughs> Destination Moon. So you know they were recycling stuff oh, left and was right. Was it? Was it? Some? Oh, oh, the alien guys. Oh yeah, they did. Did they? Oh no, I had to think about that for a second. Yeah. What, 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 what am I full of shit here? Uh, I had Maybe. monkey trivia. You can't. You got to believe whatever the hell no, I say. I'm trying to see this in my head after seeing. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, I remember that now. The aliens wore that. That's what I always thought was weird, though. It was Doctor Tars seeing things in his head all the time. 
No, you, you don't play this movie in your head when we're talking about this, really. Serious mm. medication. Uh, anyway. Yeah, it was a cool movie. I really liked the movie. Yeah, that's what I said. It was it was one of those things where even as a kid, I was watching, uh, what's the main guy's name? I can't even remember. Paul Manti? Yeah, oh, Paul yeah. Manti. That dude had a weird mouth. <laughs> it was uh, yes, it was like a Muppet or something. It was like a big like, frog mouth. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was all right, though. It is a pretty strange movie. It is, and it was one of those that just came on TV when I was a kid, and I'm like watching it, and yeah. I'm going, "Who oh, was that? Was Batman? That, was not that it? Was not Ib Mel- Melkor? Yes, it yes. was. You were absolutely yes. correct. And Good on you, Tar. Well, yeah. He wrote it more like a like a Lost in Space thing. He wanted all these aliens and stuff in it. You know, they had to <laughs> due to budget <laughs> had to cut all that back. So that's my pick. I would say go out and watch it. I don't know where the fuck you can watch any of that shit. So find it's, it yourself. It's out there. It's out there. You can get it on Amazon, I'm sure. If nowhere else. Come on. If, if they're not showing it. Yeah. They might be. You might even see it on Prime. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I saw it somewhere. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Good pick. Good pick. So, hey. Let's take a break. <laughs> Tar and Feather in the morning. <laughs> Welcome back to Unsane Radio. <laughs> This is Professor Feather. And this is Dr. Tar. Of? Unsane. Radio. Radio. Of? Come on, get out of your, get out of your uh, one, warrior pose there, three, Tar. Two, get up there, one, buddy. Let's uh, get some life going in. Uh, <laughs> this uh, is Dr. Tar. There oh. you go. <laughs> and Professor Feather of Unsane Radio. We're back. We're back. We had to get a... We had to go get something to drink. You know how that goes. We weren't prepared. <laughs> but anyway, here we are. For this segment, um, I guess we're going to do Director's Spotlight. Yeah. We will turn that light on the director now. And, and we just kind of pulled one out of the hat here, and we got William Bodine. One here. of my favorites, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, this guy was just, he was around forever. He was a workhorse. He, he had like 372 credits as a director. 372. Now, granted, he did do a lot of TV, too, but still, that's a lot. That guy was working all the time. You know, he started his career in 1915, worked in the silent movie era. Um, he did a lot of jobs there. He directed a bunch of uh, shorts from like 1915 to 1922. That's amazing. Yeah, and then in 1922, he directed his 1st film that starred cowboy actor Tom Mix. <laughs> oh, oh man, this this guy's history goes way back. Way back, and he really was a a, a ranked director in the silent era. He you was could, very well. Renowned. You could say that he was a ranked director. Yeah. Yes. No, that comes later. <laughs> that comes later. He moved. Then give me the music. Cue the music. Dun dun dun. <laughs> then he moved to England for a couple of years, and he came back. And became refined. He came back and found out that they uh, Hollywood. The- could do without him (laughs) and so he couldn't find any work 
So he finally got some work. He started working where else? At Poverty Row Studios. PRC. And PRC and Monogram, yes. And produced some classics, I might. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, yeah. One of the first that he did, this was an interesting one because it was uh, in 1942. It starred Mantan Moreland. Mantan. Yes. And featured an all black cast. Very interesting. Very interesting. But uh, Willie Beaumont directed that. Something and then after that, he did, one of our, he did one of our favorite movies. What's that, Tar? Oh, yeah. Eight Man. Yes. We've actually uh, shown that on one of our episodes on Epo- Tar Episodes. <laughs> our episodes. <laughs> Episode. of tar and feathers cycle city don't die don't don't push me off the track there i was okay. trying to do a commercial <laughs> you said that sober Episodes. i did i know <laughs> then then he started his his career doing bowery boys movies the, Cl- the clancy street boys here yeah that started the east side kids and why that series ever lasted as long as it did i, I loved it when i was a kid i loved the bowery boys uh, or the east side kids and then they became the bowery boys but yeah. when they started yeah. looking like they were well, 40, 30 years. Well, that was way, way later. That was, they made a lot of movies when they were pretty young. You know, who was in one of their movies? Oh, Bella Ghost. Yeah, what was the movie? Uh, Spooks Run Wild. Ghosts on the Loose was the first one. Even I knew that one. Oh, you did not. You're right. Now, I anyway, <laughs> William Bodine directed over half of the But Bowery didn't he direct the other movies. one, though, too? He directed over half of I I don't know if he did direct that one or not. He probably did. <laughs> well, um, was that the Spookbusters? Voodoo Man I thought also it was, uh, starred Spooks Bella. Spooks Run Wild. Spooks Run Wild. I don't think he directed that. Anyway, um, he did Ghost on the Loose. And uh, in 1944, he directed this. Kids, I just watched this movie. It's called Voodoo Man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Starring Bella Lugosi, John Carradine, and George Zucco. <laughs> and it be- is it is one fine piece of... Poverty Row. This is going to be filmmaking. A, a tar and feather uh, movie. It's going to pop up. It's going <laughs> to pop up. And this is all Willie Bodine. In 1945, this is very interesting. He directed this. Uh, it was, I guess, what would be called a sex exploitation film. It was called Mo- too, really? Mom yeah. and Dad in 1945. That sounds creepy. This movie right has is infamous, and it is reputed. That the money that was made on this movie in modern day times would be like ten million dollars or something, you know, it was outrageous how they how much money they made on that movie. Huh? <laughs> I did not know that. Huh. <laughs> this is like what, me either. I am astounded. Astounded. I am flabbergasted. Anyway, he did a lot of TV during the fifties and the sixties. Mm-hmm. He did a couple of movies in the sixties though that are. Two of Tar's all-time favorite movies. <laughs> he talks about these movies all the time, and these will probably show up on Tar and Feather's Psycho Cinema. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy, Billy the Kid meets Dracula, and uh, what's the other one? Uh, Frankenstein. Jesse James daughter. meets Frankenstein's daughter. daughter. Yes. Yeah, and it was a, always a double feature. It has. That's how I saw it. And those are just terrific movies. Uh. He, and Very he, painful. Yes. He kept on doing TV in the 60s. Um, you know, he did four episodes of the Green Hornet series. I did not. Oh, I wonder yeah, how long. Yeah. Do you think uh got along with Bruce Lee or not? I, 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 they probably went out and smoked the blunt together. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? You know, William Beaumont was, he really was a workhorse. He had 27 credits as a writer. And, and this one gets me. He has 56 credits as an assistant director. And 
some of his work was with D.W. Griffith in 1915 on um, what's that? What's, what's Birth the movie? of a Nation? Birth, Birth, Birth of a, of a nation. nation. Yes, Birth of a Nation. I mean, my gosh, you know, this guy's been was around forever, and he also had and this. I didn't know he had 46 credits as an actor, mostly in silent films uh, by Max Sennett, <laughs> the great comedy director. In, I have no idea where William Bodine he shows was, up in that he was, milieu. <laughs> he was Keystone Cop number six. Easy when you have no lines. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. But anyway, so that, there you go. William Bodine, a veritable plethora of uh, oh, yeah. The work. Man, yeah, the man just probably had seen it all, you know, and 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 probably his typical style and how he felt about the whole process of this he, uh, when when informed by monogram one time when he was uh, doing a quickie for him working on it was falling behind schedule uh, and he just kind of responded by saying you mean uh, someone out there actually is waiting to see this <laughs> you know what a great response you know it's like pretty much okay you're gonna get what you're gonna get you know just like I said he was a workhorse his this is a good quote from him too said, long ago, I quit thinking that every picture I did was going to be an Academy Award contender. I'm a commercial director. I know how to save money and get something on the screen. I let those artsy guys shoot the scenes through the chandeliers or from behind the wine glass. That's not for me. So there you have it, folks. William Bodine. Two shot. And uh, <laughs> here we go. Well, there you have it. Bobby. Agony. Agony. I can't stand the torture. Wait for the it. Torment. Here it comes. I can't stand it. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't. And thus ends the first episode of Unsane Radio. <laughs> We are your hosts, Dr. Tar, Professor Feather. The gadfly back there muttering. Gadflyers are bored man extraordinaire. We'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode. Vampers. Mampers. No, Vampers. Mampers. The Vampire Diaper. And Nolan's Non Sauce. Non. Long Pig Tastes Good. If it tastes like crap, put on some Non Sauce. Nice and possibly TNF Studios. We'll see you around the bend. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say! Oh, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. No, that's. That's my homage to uh, Randy Savage. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is Dr. Todd. I'm Professor Feather. You've been watching. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have, there's something seriously wrong. <laughs> You've been listening to Unsane Radio, a TNF production. You can find us on the interwebs at www. UnsaneRadio.com Say what? <laughs> UnsaneRadio.com What? 
hate comments or suggestions, unsaneradio.com. <laughs> or unsaneradio at gmail.com. Unsaneradio <laughs> at gmail.com. There it was. Huh? Bitter. Links to everything we've talked about and probably a lot more can be found on the website. That's unsaneradio.com. But there are no missing links. Find us on Twitter. Twi- Twitter. At Unsane Radio. At Unsane Radio. Yeah. yeah. And do we tweet? Oh, we got big tweets. Radio.com. Unsaneradio.com. Unsaneradio.com.